Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. kid has been sick as well but i was so sick yesterday that i was on the phone with somebody and i was like oh i bet i can let out a big fart she's like oh yeah but you can't and i sharded myself <laughs> what, what did i miss you made jeremy pop what happened so that sounds like a, an ashley um honest ashley moment i know i almost saved it but it's just the way it is Eric, I sharded myself the other day. Fuck yeah, girlfriend. Classic, <laughs> classic Ashley. And it's worse, you guys. I, um, because I was at home, I live by myself. I was in shorts and I wasn't wearing underwear. I mean, uh, so obviously there was collateral uh, damage. Where, what, what else happened? Like, what was it? Floor? Uh, was it a bedspread? What, it, what, um, what got it? The shorts. I got lucky. The shorts caught everything. Maybe a little bit down the leg, but it didn't catch because the minute it was happening, I was like, oh, oh no, 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 no. So I live in a very, very tiny apartment, and this did that scooch where you clench your butt cheeks and you walk real weird. Yeah. <laughs> you start tiptoe into the toilet, uh, and I was like, no, and I cried. I cried a little bit, um, but but yeah, I was sick all day yesterday. I took more than the allowed dosage of Imodium, and uh, I'm very sleepy. <laughs> so been a good start to the holiday weekend i declare independence from my butthole <laughs> so is the wetness that got you more than anything so because like you know as it's seeping out you're like that keeps going so it can't be a fart right. and it's warm <laughs> <laughs> you're like that's not a that's not a hot fart that's a hot poo Hot so yeah, it was. Yeah, it's just as bad as like a wet fart, and you're like, "Oh, I, I think I sharded." But then you get to the bathroom, you're like, "It was still contained." Yeah. Yeah. See, that's when you're really proud of yourself. I agree. So right now, I got to tell everybody, I am red, white, and poo. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I also am very poor, so I bought very cheap toilet paper, and um. It was disintegrating while I was wiping, and I'm like, "This is the worst possible scenario that I could find myself in." So. 
Nothing like having to clean out from under your fingernails after a poop. That's how you know it's a good one. Well, I mean, if you live in Pennsylvania, you just go out and and you buy uh, actual Amish quilts that you cut up to actually use as toilet paper. Ah, that good stitching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, not not quilted northern, actual quilts. Actual quilts made by guys named Zebediah. Mm, I'm gonna use a wedding knot to clean my balloon knot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, welcome to Quality Time, everybody, home of both quality and time. I'm one of your hosts, Mr. Eric Woodworth, and I'm joined uh, by my blood, my brother, Jeremy P. Woodworth. Jeremy, how are you, sir? What are you talking about? Oh, my gosh. Is that that Jake Busey? No, no, it's me, Peter Jackson, and I'm eating a sandwich. (laughs) Peter Jackson? It's the fat Peter Jackson, not the skinny Peter Jackson. Just the fat. You're just Peter. Why can't you? Just, I mean, I know you're on an audio medium. Did you think eating a sandwich while you're on the entire time was a good choice? I'm not really eating a sandwich, but I sound like I'm eating a sandwich because I'm fat. There's literally, there's literally a Genoa salami hanging from your mouth. Are you just lying to us, or is that CGI? That was from hours ago. It's still in my mouth. Just, he's keeping it in there like a lip, like 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 chewing tobacco. He's like, I suck on salami on my downtime. I'm from New Zealand. This is a New Zealandish accent. I made so many movies. I finally lost weight, but I was still fat when I made this movie. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Well, I'm, well, thank you, Mr. Jackson, for joining. You know who my other favorite friend is? Who's that? That's right, Pat Metheny from jail. Oh, from jail. Patrick Metheny from one of our early episodes when we actually covered one true crime topic. Uh, now- he was a great guy. His league nickname was Tiny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. And we're also joined by the very lovely, the very talented Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, uh, we had some connectivity issues, but you're here. You're alive. How are you doing? I'm alive, Daddy. I'm alive. You've had a rough go the last few few weeks. With, with Weeks. I think it's months. I'm I'm about ready to tap out. So before I die, please buy some of our merch so they can give it then to my parents as part of my funeral. Yes, and yeah. Hey, how is the merch store going? You've launched your own, the women's line of Ashley Pontius clothing. Yeah, and how is that? Like, uh, how's that coming along? It's the limited two of quality time. Um, so, uh, it's pretty good. Uh, so far, I've sold about five items. Hell yeah! <laughs> but I mean, like. It's been good. So it's been like a variety. I've got like pint glasses up there. I've got water bottles, t-shirts, totes for men and the women's. Mostly the women because I like women more. But, uh, you know, I've got everything. I I have a question about one of the shirts. Sure. It looks like one has like almost a face near somebody's butts, maybe. Maybe somebody's butt cheeks. Or is that just me? Uh... Are you thinking of my other store? <laughs> Are you just no, talking about her OnlyFans? I'm sure, but it's just I, I didn't understand the. Um, yeah, maybe it is your other store. Yeah, the 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 other store where I sell pictures of of my butthole. I've got different varieties. No. I've got one where it's clean, one uh, where it's leaky. One after the shorts incident of 2021. 
it's a real turning into Eric. <laughs> no, it's definitely a T-shirt. So, well, you, just, what does the T-shirt say under it? Uh, I don't. I don't remember. I I, I only browsed one time, so I Good thought bit. she'd know off the top yeah. of her head. Good. <laughs> What's Good. the one that looks like an ass that you? <laughs> I'm literally going to my account right now because I'm like, what in my store looks I want like it. an ass? I don't understand it either. Because like I definitely it's a didn't see person's that. face next to a butt or something. A butt? Yeah. But I, I, I'm truly uh, at a loss for words. And this also makes me very self-conscious because I'm like, hey, Ashley, this is the quality control you need to tell you that your merchandise is terrible. Because someone's like, I like your stuff because it looks like asses. Well, it's it's like a shadowy image in the background, which could look like butts, but maybe it isn't a butt. shadowy image. Uh, could it be wish you had more brains? Uh, drop dead gorgeous final girl. Final girl because of like the, the seam, you almost think it looks like a hand smacking an ass. Is that what it is? Is that what you think it is? Because no, it's just a hand that's shaking. <laughs> Trying to, try to just explain it to Jeremy is the best. Maybe, image maybe that I need a glass exist. is what I look at. <laughs> He's just made it up. Oh, my God. That's really funny. So I don't know, Eric. I don't know. Yeah, Eric, can you just see the littlest bit on screen? That's the one. Oh, yeah. Maybe it does look like a butt a little bit. <laughs> okay. Jeremy, it's look up, look up at the screen. Show, show him again. Show him that again. Jeremy, look at the screen. Is this the one you're talking about? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, What is that? It's just a bloody hand with shading. It's just a bloody hand. It says final girl. Oh, okay. That will be your final girl because (laughs) it looks like you've shoved your hand up her ass, apparently. So good. Good fisting merch. So anyway, check out the, uh, the Ashley merch. What, are, what 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 is Jeremy doing? I'm trying to find the link to the uh to the site. Why? <laughs> so I can see the picture again. I don't, I Wasn't that the picture? Yeah. That yeah, was the just picture. just uh Ashley Pontius laughs Teespring. No, oh, I can't type in all that. <laughs> we'll figure it out later. <laughs> Let, let's just talk. See, the show will be how long it takes Jeremy to find your website. Oh, that'll be gosh. the episode today. I'm game with that. I think it'll be good. I've been, uh, I woke up, uh, I had a show last night with the great Rob Mayer down in uh, uh, Manassas, Virginia at a uh, uh, thing. And as you guys recall. Hey, uh, you know what that, that, that place means in Indian? What's that? Man's asses. Yeah, brother. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Get it? (laughs) Sounds like man's asses. I like it when I say man's asses to Manassians or Manessoans. Um, They... uh, (laughs) They they apparently they've heard that before. It's weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I uh, but I was when I was there. Other, other favorite places in Ocean City called Ass a Woman Bay. Fuck yeah. Which in Indian means ass of a woman. <laughs> Next to the bay. <laughs> 
Uh, so I, I went to this show last night at the Salisbury in Manassas, Virginia, which was a, um, uh, it was a former, uh, it looked like an old movie theater with like different little theaters set up within there. And they've converted one of them into a, a, a comedy uh, room where with a small stage and table seating. And it was, you know, it was nice. Probably had about, I want to say like 75 people there. So it was a good little intimate awesome. show. Um, but, uh, while we were there, uh, a couple things, a couple of things happened. Okay, so last week, if you guys remember, I told you the story, uh, and you guys can go by the archives about the the Amazon driver who came and uh, backboarded a turd off of my <laughs> off of my uh, toilet, right? Which I think is a pretty funny story. In fact, so funny that I told Rob Mayer about it before the show started, and he thought it was hilarious. He's like, "You're gonna try, to, you're gonna tell that on stage tonight," and you know, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna try to give it a go." So I went up there. And I told that story with all the enthusiasm that I do on the pod and everywhere else. And you know what happened? Nothing. They fucking did not laugh one second. <laughs> they were just like, no, that's just a that's just a horrible situation. I guess they I had a little a couple little tags, but uh I'm not I'm not gonna give up. Listen, if a new joke bombs, right? New joke bombs, I give it two more chances if I still think it's good. And if it bomb it never does well in those first three shots, it just gets retired. And then I put I it do away. the same I do the same with my relationships. I'm like, this isn't going well, but I'm gonna give you like two, three more tries. Mm-hmm. And if nobody still likes us together, then I'll pull the plug. You know, people really love Amazon. Yeah. So, like, a guy can, like, shit all over your seat and people will still love Amazon. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to stop ordering from Amazon. I might not let any mentally handicapped man into my home again to use my bathroom and tell him to use the send, bushes like a regular animal. But Send a message, like only order toilet paper and like dude wipes and yeah. make sure it's the same delivery guy and be like, no, those... Those are for you. <laughs> he comes in with, he just next time shows up with no pants. He goes, it's prime day. This is that spraying shit in my house, like spewy from get a life just everywhere. Uh, good time. All he does is, all he does is eat like an entire Taco Bell meal of burritos and a big pitcher of coffee before he comes to your house. <laughs> He's like, didn't your wife tell you? He's like, you, you're set up for automatic re-delivery. <laughs> uh, I was, uh, last night after the show, um, we were doing the little, uh, the regular what, attaboys, you know, getting adulation from the crowd and people are nice. And then we're sitting at the bar, the great Ron Mayer, myself, and uh, a fella comes up who was an audience member. He was just like, you know, I've been thinking about telling some jokes. And I was like, all right, cool. So he comes up and he starts doing his bit right in front of me and Rob in front of the bar. And let me tell you, there wasn't one joke that was said. (laughs) And uh, he goes... I go, I go to him, and then at first I was like, "Hey, I was like, hey man, I think you should do it. Just uh, like, next time, do one of those, do one of the funny jokes you got next time." And uh, he looked at me like I was like, "Oh, okay." And then, and then I, uh, I proceeded to, uh, me and uh, Rob started to proceed like, "Hey, you know, I'm just playing with you, or whatever. If you're interested, we could get you in touch with a like a local booker." if you want. And it was like, yeah, his name's, uh, he runs five plated bookings. His name's Chris or Steve. <laughs> so we gave him Chris <laughs> or Steve's information yeah, to call him up. 
Oh, gosh. So, so, I love that. So Chris might be getting a call from a local Manassian that will uh, be asking to be booked. I actually finally deleted Chris yesterday on Facebook. I was like, oh, guess what? This is my favorite time of the year where I start to purge all the people I don't like from my social media. And I feel so much better. Well, that's exciting. Um, well, I'm excited to hear that Chris is going to be booking um, local comedians now. So five plated, five plated uh, productions, man. I'm excited about it. Really launched uh, Kickstarter's career with this guy who, uh, who do, he might have a joke one day. He might have a joke one day. He had all the. He had all the. Uh, he looked like a guy whose favorite movie. If you asked him, he was like, "What's the funniest movie you ever watched?" He's like, "Have you ever seen Wild Hogs? It is a masterpiece." Uh, <laughs> so he's like sixty years old. Yeah, he's in his like he he was not a, a spring chicken for sure. He was a, a little little older fella. Uh, my favorite movie is uh, Look Who's Talking Two, not the first one, but the second one. <laughs> the second, and that, isn't that isn't that uh, Look Who's Talking Now, or is that the third one where there's dogs that? Talk? Uh, I think that's the third one with uh, oh. Roseanne Barr and uh, Charlize Theron. So yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. That I'm is... the Australian baby. Oh yeah, I'm Charlie Theron. Although I'm playing a man in this one just to show of my acting chops. Oh my god. Um, Charlize Theron is an Australian. <laughs> uh, well, she's like, um, You're, like she's uh, South African. Uh, this, that's right. Yeah, the, the, another one of the Empire. So I was, I was thinking about making a um, like <laughs> Australian. Uh, yeah, you know, like uh, you, you, you know, like um. I was thinking about programming a, a theremin, Jeremy. Yeah. And except instead of making like wave sounds where you put it, it just does like weird screeches that Charlize Theron has made in movies. And I'll call it the Charlize Theremin. And then you can play it like, and wow. I've been working on it d- diligently in my bathroom studio, shitter, ba- shower. Uh, and and that and my eatery, all in one you know, room. You know, just like her, her perfume uh, commercials, she can just walk around practically naked as she comes out of like liquid gold, and then walks up to her theremin and starts using it in a commercial. You know, at <laughs> least theremin. Hell yeah! <laughs> I'm gonna get Eric a little sign for the bathroom that says "Cafeteria Bacteria." <laughs> And it's pretty much like every other theremin, except it has a picture of her naked on it. Ah. He is a good-looking woman. Aye, aye, Captain. Well, um, do we have anything else to go over before we get into today's movie? Is there an honest ash today? Is that it? I already shared my honest ash. I shit myself yesterday in my own home with no underwear on. So that's essentially... That's... Join us next week for another exciting <laughs> installment of Honest Ash, where uh, this time she shits in a. Well, you've done. Let me let's take us through the the Honest Ash recaps over the year. Uh, we've had um, you. You've had a. You've had to shit in a sheets. You shit in the sheets. Um, shit myself yesterday. Shit in Nicaragua. Yeah. Um. God, where do I start? I once shit myself on stage with Mark Normand. Um, and I had to pay my Uber driver extra to avoid the smell and still take me oh. back. Um, I shit myself in my boyfriend's bedroom when I was 22. Um, there's a lot of them. 
There's a lot of shit. Have you thought about maybe taking a trip to the Big Apple, get up and uh, take a shit inside the Statue of Liberty? I think that's the natural progression of things at this point. That's weird. I was just going to say I should go to like an Alex Starr show and just take a giant <laughs> shit like everybody on those. <laughs> just, just, do you not like Alex Starr? I didn't know that. I, I've, I've never had any. Or, or does he book bad comics is what you're saying? I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're good. Maybe they're bad. I'm sure if you have to bring five people every time, I'm sure you're great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think just, it's kind of great, the, you know, uh, the, the, like Eric tied in the, the Statue of Liberty for, for uh, the 4th of July and shitting yourself. Absolutely. That is true. And you know what? This 4th of July, uh, just a public service announcement, um, don't don't be like the guy on YouTube I saw who uh, thought it was going to be a good idea to um, do a, a naked handstand and then light a bottle rocket out of his asshole and instead of it flying out of his asshole it just stayed there and exploded <laughs> which i saw yesterday uh, safety is key guys you don't want to actually <laughs> stay home and get star spangled hammered <laughs> who, who, who would have thought that when the, those um lightning on fire uh sparks go right in to your anus that your anus kind of perks up and doesn't and wants to really hold on to that little stick so <laughs> this is the screams you let out as as you're watching you're like <laughs> you know you watch those internet videos you're like there's no way this ends well <laughs> there's not a good ending to this at all I, I hate to say that when you mentioned even the word handstand I, I i don't know if it was a meme of somebody like hey how about a fountain? And he literally does a handstand and shits like a, a a diarrhea stream into the air around some other guys. I don't remember all that, but I believe it. It sounds like a, it sounds like a thing. I think. Yeah. Yeah. All Poo-poo. right. Well, ladies and gents, without further ado, let's get into tonight's topic. And tonight we are going over. Man, what a banger of a film that I I remember. 1996's. The Frighteners, uh, a, uh, a a Peter Jackson film directed and written by, but uh, I really feel like this movie more than any other. Uh, I think it doesn't have as much of a Peter Jackson feel as it has a Robert Zemeckis touch to it, because it is a very Robert Zemeckis movie to me. Um, yeah, just I mean, it just having Michael J. Fox, the whimsical comedy that happens throughout it, uh, I really feel is it's 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 made to ha- make the most amount of money, you know. Well, I gotta say, like as we go through, you know, we'll we'll break things down. I do have to say, overall, the Frighteners is a film that I actually wish as a whole was much more serious because the dark elements in some of the pieces of the film I think could make a truly great suspenseful movie. Unfortunately, I personally don't feel like the humor blends quite the way I would want to see for a movie like this. It does have moments where it's like Disney level 
slapstick. Yes. You know what I mean? Like a yes. Disney, not like a good kind of slapstick that you see in, say, a, um, uh, a, a classic Peter Jackson film like Bad Taste, for instance, or Dead Alive, uh, or even a Sam Raimi piece where the slapstick is more uh, of a Three Stooges ilk. This is more really? like cartoony and really bad CGI at times. Right. Well, consistency, the idea that it's super funny almost throughout, but the few moments as we get into it that are very serious and very heavy, I'm like, that feels like a totally different movie. It does. Now, originally, uh, this was supposed to be just an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Because uh, oh, Robert, wow. Robert Zemeckis was actually, you know, one of the executive producers of Tales for the Crypt for HBO. But he liked this story so much that he was like, nah, this is a full length feature movie. We're going to make this one into a into a movie. <laughs> and um, I think I think rightfully so, because uh, even though this movie's a little long, it's a little longer than I like a horror film to be, whether campy or not. You know, it clocks in just under two hours. Uh, I think you, you got to I'm. I'm a firm believer that if you can't do a horror movie in 90 minutes, it's if it's going to be over 90 minutes long, it better be fucking good. Um, and right. I don't think this merits the two hour mark. Um, mm-hmm. But that's, you know, that's my take on it. But I will say it does have some amazing um, actors in this movie that I, I truly love. Um, obviously, it's anchored by the great Michael J. Fox, which this movie would actually be his last feature film he's starred in. Um, after this, he would go on to do uh, uh, Spin City. Uh, because he didn't want to travel the world and be away from his family as much. And that would obviously go on to be a very big smash uh, success. But uh, he also, his Parkinson's and shakes would uh, continue on even through the filming of that until the, now he really can't uh, act without, um, you know, unless it's like some disaster earthquake movie. That's like the only thing you could put him in at this point. Um, Is that, (laughs) is that too soon or no? (laughs) What if you made a comedy with Michael J. Fox where he's the, the nanny and it's just people trying to avoid him from picking up a baby? Oh, Eric. <laughs> so, so, so there's like uh, trolls like us who get on, on chats with the actual Michael J. Fox, but he's with his kids. And uh, his apparently one of his kids just helped him out one day because the troll was just too good. And uh, his kids actually told him, just type in, SMH and he's like what, is, what am I doing that for I don't even understand what SMH is <laughs> so, That's so finally funny. finally the, the troll just like oh you win you win Michael J. Fox and, and he's like oh okay I don't even know what I type because my kids mentally <laughs> explained it to him so <laughs> well that's good. that's what that's what you do whenever you have an uneasy spirit you literally make fun of people with uneasy hands. So. Exactly. There you go. I'll tell you what, Michael J. Fox is the only guy who makes the, my martinis because I don't like them stirred. Um, so so that, that was kind of like the moment I found out that Joe Robinson was going to make a story for me. He was going to write a, a, a little a little video vignette, and I was like, oh, okay, well, what is it about? Oh, it's it's about a, a guy like me who has really bad psoriasis. So he goes to one of these shops where they have like the little minnows that eat your skin and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but apparently, after I put my my feet in the, the the tank with the little thing, they look like 
like carp and piranha yes. size fish after they have full grown trout after like ten minutes of eating Jeremy's feet, just like right. the full buffet. I get it. It's a good bit. I like that. So I, I remember hearing, I was like, oh, okay, wow, that's that's really offensive. So, yeah, that's funny. Ah. <laughs> uh. <sighs> There's also a lot of other great character actors in this. Uh, the great John Aston, who uh, most famously known as playing Gomez Adams. The original Gomez Adams is in this movie. He plays the judge. Uh, I really love his role. He's one of the uh, one of the ghosts that Michael J. Fox can see. And uh, his, his part is really great. Um, but it's also one of those weird things where this feels like a family movie. And then at one part, he fucks yes. a mummy. Uh, yes. <laughs> I like when they I feel like that, which is very, I was like, that seems out of place in this film. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that that was in there when I watched it, and I was like, this is upsetting. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I, I think he was only in his 70s when he did that, and he's now like, he's got to be like 96 years old or something. Is he still yeah, alive? He is, and as yeah, far I as I can is. tell, he is uh, currently still teaching. Now, John Aston is the father of uh, Sean Aston, who is uh, famously, uh, you know, in Stranger Things. He played, obviously, in other Peter Jackson films uh, uh, that you've heard of, uh, maybe The Lord of the Rings. He plays Samwise, um, and of course, Goonies alum. But John Aston is dad, and he's still, uh, last time I checked, still teaches at right down the uh, street from us here in Maryland at Johns Hopkins University. He is the uh, the acting and theater coach at Johns Hopkins still to this day. So Jesus Christ, you can go learn from. <laughs> oh, Professor I'm sorry, John Aston. I'm wrong. He's only 91. Yeah, still kicking though, still kicking and acting, doing his thing. And I know I also like to mention John Aston is also in the great Briscoe County Junior. So I don't want to. There please, it is. Don't ever forget. Well, I'd that. like I, I'd like to mention the return of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh yeah, he is in Return of the Killer Tomatoes as well. With with one with one of the first George Clooney movies. So, man, what a what a jam packed, <laughs> what a what a career, you know. What a career. Uh, it also stars um, uh, the great Jeffrey Combs, who you can hear in our intro, uh, obviously famous from The Reanimator, which I, I actually watched The Reanimator this week. I got it on Blu-ray, and I think that'll be a future episode coming up down the line because uh, it is so good. I I guess I, I didn't appreciate what a fucking great actor Jeffrey Combs is. He really is. He's good. He makes some great characters, and uh, this one not to be excluded. I think he plays a a fucking 10 out of 10 part in this uh yeah Frighteners movie. him in this movie like he plays a great creep but young yeah young jeffrey combs <laughs> he could get it yeah I, I i made a mention when i met him to uh talk about a really crappy piece of shit movie he did called death falls <laughs> except this was done after reanimator and he plays like a country bumpkin kind of kind of psychopath and i was like like, hey, Jeffrey, that movie might have been shit, but you, you, your part was still good, what you did. He's like, well, at least I got to work with the old guy from, like, fucking Home Alone, too. He was he was a great actor, so. <laughs> yes, yeah. I liked him in Castle Freak, and uh, I definitely <laughs> reanimated his hog. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, he, but he's really good. I, I mean, I watching Jeffrey Combs. Uh, he's a he's a great example of a guy from uh, uh, of horror legend um, who was cast in in a smaller part that ended up being the movie. So, for instance, in the in the Reanimator, um, which we'll get into in a future episode, but he was supposed to have a very small part as Doctor Herbert West, as the story was really supposed to revolve around the uh, the two the two lovers and the doctor. And when Jeffrey started playing the role of Dr. Herbert West, they were like, no, he is the fucking movie right here. This mm-hmm. is the guy. Keep the camera on him. He's doing great things. So, uh, and rightfully so. And he's great in the frighteners and the, some of the, the choices that he made, uh, he purposely asked that, uh, insisted that he have a Hitler haircut in this movie. He was just like, no. <laughs> My character is a nationalist. He is a white nationalist of the United States, and he will have a Hitler haircut. And so he insisted on that. And uh, he also said to make him look more dorky, he had to wear prosthetics that made his ears stick out more and just made him look like more of a fucking twink. Uh, so I was very excited. So these are good These are good acting instincts on the great Jeffrey Combs that brought uh, his character Milton Dammers to life in this movie. Um, can, can, I do, can I do my Jeffrey Combs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, here it goes. It bit off his head like... A gingerbread man. <laughs> this is Jeff. This is from the movie From Beyond. So. This is Jeffrey Combs, and uh, <laughs> I'm from The Reanimator and other films. Uh, <laughs> he always sounds like he's a like he's touching his nipples when he talks. Does that make oh. sense? Like you're like. I just want to Honest, say. Honestly, this isn't very nice. But whenever he talks, he is what I assume. Uh, Fox's voice would be like <laughs> like Fox Mulder <laughs> no Michael J. Fox. oh Michael J I'm, I'm saying if you never heard Michael J Fox's voice I feel like Jeffrey Com- Combs voice would be you're like yeah that's what Parkinson sounds like hey all right just I, call him Jeffrey Combs for this for this show what if they what if they made a a, a TV movie about the life of Michael J Fox but then cast Jeffrey Combs to play him just no, I thought they already did. I thought it was on the Disney Channel called Shake It Up. <laughs> Shake it up. <laughs> oh. oh, that's gonna happen the rest of this episode. Uh, another great character actress who made it in here, another horror legend, D. Wallace, who plays uh the the great uh Patricia Bradley, uh damaged woman in her own right i something happens to d wallace from the 70s where she is a lead actress in uh movies like cujo and uh movies like the howling right where she was like uh, a a desirable uh sex symbol and then they were like uh you're 30 now you are just we're going to only cast you as a completely crazy person uh yeah it's (laughs) called being a woman yeah, uh, it's, <laughs> it's a ton of fun. Or my other favorite is you're like, I've been sexually assaulted. They're like, mm, we're going to put you on the back shelf of the movie grocery store. <laughs> like, eh, you're beyond your prime now because you've pointed out flaws in how we handle things. <laughs> hey, Weinstein's not going to put Rose McGowan to work anymore. Yeah, unfortunately. I do, miss, I do miss a Rose McGowan. I, I'd watch a Rose McGowan joint still. Planet Terror was great. Yeah. I'm well, sure let's I'd love to work again. 
<laughs> Let's not forget uh, D D D Wallace Stone's uh, little movie called ET. So that is true. She was an ET, the mom in ET. Very They're like, you're not a woman anymore. You're a mom. And of course, uh, in Frightener, she is D Wallace versus D Wallace Stone because uh, her husband died like in the early '80s, soon after the howling. Yes, that is that is true. Uh, we also uh, we also have the great uh, uh, Jake Busey, uh, who uh, makes a has a pretty big impactful role in this film. Uh, I can I, I can only name two Jake Busey movies off the top of my head, and it's always this movie, and it's always Starship Troopers. I don't think oh, of any other two. That's a good one. The one I remember. <laughs> I hate that this is one I remember. <laughs> It's a stupid ass movie <laughs> with um, Drew Barrymore and Luke uh, Luke Wilson. Uh, it was Home Fries. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and also, wasn't he the lead in the Notebook? He was indeed the lead in the Notebook. That was, that was him. And also that movie Baby Driver. I loved I loved Jake Busey in that as well. Yeah, the way he's driving that car. It's so synchronized. <laughs> Jake Busey also has the same problem his famous father, Gary Busey, has, uh, where he you never don't see his teeth in any scene. You like you can't just watch find if you find a picture of Jake Busey with his mouth closed, then it, it is It's not possible. He's made a conscious effort to do that. Otherwise it's always like, Hey, look at my horse teeth. Like I'm just like my dad, except uh, I'm only teeth, half as crazy. The teeth to gum ratio is just so horrifically uneven. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure he was in Stranger Things. I can't remember what he did, but he was in like an episode or something. I thought he was great in the Scream series as well. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also one of the one of Michael J. Fox's ghost friends is played by the great uh, by Jim Fry, who uh, I remember from the X Files. He is one of the uh, isn't he one of the nerd guys in the X Files? I think I think that helps uh, helps out Mulder a little bit. Maybe I'm forgetting that wrong. Uh, and also R. Lee Emery or R. Lee Army. Uh, is uh, in this movie playing uh, the only character he knows how to play, which is a yelling drill sergeant uh, mm. once again, which he nails uh, like he does every time. I like even in the movie where he's not a drill sergeant, it's just the only thing I can think of movie mm. is, uh, what is that? Um, oh, God. Saving Sarah Silverman. <laughs> yeah, Saving Silverman, where he's just the, the coach, but he's still, he's still just playing the exact same character. <laughs> he just doesn't wear military. That's a great <laughs> idea, boys. Like, yeah. And, he, and, he's, and he's also gay. Yes, I love that he's the gay character in it. Also, uh, we forgot one other Jake Busey gem. <laughs> we cannot forget that he was also in 2012's Beverly Hills Chihuahua 3. Oh, shit. Jake Busey. Hell yeah. What about what about him and Polly Shore in Biodome? <laughs> <laughs> Are you now you're confusing it with one of the Baldwins? No, I'm pretty sure it was Jake Busey. <laughs> was Jake Busey so. too. It's not yeah. listed. Yeah. <laughs> well, wait a second. And you never see Stephen Baldwin and Jake Busey in the same room at the same time. 
<laughs> are you starting a Jake Busey? Busey. <laughs> You're starting a Jake Busey conspiracy that he actually is Stephen Baldwin. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so sorry I'm derailing this, but I've he never just changes his name for for acting. Oh, okay. I've I've never seen I've never <laughs> seen a resume like, like this one. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these movies, I literally might be myself. There's a, there's a movie called. Oh, <laughs> 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 Ashley's lost it. She's completely lost it. She can't even say the words. This, there's a movie he did called Fast Sofa. Fast Sofa? <laughs> <laughs> and we can't forget the 2018 gem. <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, my God, this is so hard. A boy called Sailboat. <laughs> <laughs> Assuming it's it's a movie about a retarded kid named Sailboat and the whole thing about him. Hey, it's Sailboat, everybody! And he and he, and the normal kid in real life didn't have messed up teeth, but the retarded kid in the movie they give really fucked up teeth. Look, we we need to give a lot of respect to the man who starred in Straight This Time too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, both all these names are like if i was like they sound like names that are being read off at the academy awards but like in naked gun 33 and a third what was the name of that movie again um straight this time too straight this time too it's a story about a man who was totally gay but he's trying to go straight. Straight this time, too. <laughs> and the last one, they just not as funny as the other. But I just want to throw this out there. The last one I want to mention, he also did in 2016, Arbor Demon, which is, I assume, about a demon tree. Oh, an arborist demon? Arbor Demon. <laughs> Arbor Demon. <laughs> Man, what a storied career Jake Busey has. And you know what? If it's anything like his dad, he's just scratching the surface right now. And that's that's what I'm most excited about. <laughs> As always, I'm super butthurt because he's married and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. So uh, this movie, uh, in the first act, we learn that uh, the shadow of death has come over Fairwater, um, a, a town where people are mysteriously dying of heart attacks. Uh, we get to see in the very opening scene uh, the great uh, D. Wallace getting chased around her house by a very bad CGI entity that's coming out of the walls, and uh, her crazy, crazed mother shoots it with a shotgun. Um, so we learn things about ghosts in this that uh, guns do affect them a little bit you can shoot a ghost uh and it will mess them up <laughs> a little bit uh will not kill them but it does it does make their life hard right but it really helps to have like ghost guns 
Yes, it helps to have ghost guns. And uh, we'll we'll get to that. Um, So Michael J. Fox is playing uh, Frank Bannister, who uh, we find out was in a terrible car accident. And one of the things that he survived from was that uh, he has the ability to see the supernatural and spirits and ghosts and uh, can communicate with them and has made two ghosts or three ghost buddies and has a ghost dog. So uh, obviously we went (laughs) over him, which is uh, the judge, who is basically an old cowboy from the Old West played by John Astin, uh, the nerdy kind of looking one who's played by Jim Fry. That's uh, the character Stuart. And then uh, Cyrus, he's the he's the black ghost for uh, all. Hey, man, what's up with this? And uh, now what they so bothers like me. that's like Bernie Mac, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's played by Chai, Chai, Chai McBride. But um, Cyrus, uh, so there's, here's one problem I find with Cyrus. The first time you meet him, he's just like, hey, man, why don't you give me some clothes? He's like, you're a ghost. You died in the 70s. That's just what you have to wear. And uh, later in the movie, when they meet uh, 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 Arlie Emery, right? Arlie Army. Um, I keep saying his name wrong because I can't read or hear the words in my own breath. Um, it's Ermy. It's Ermy. But it's I can't say it. So early Ermy. When he goes to, when he meets the Sarge, uh the Sarge has the ability not only to change clothes at the drop of a hat, to go from full SWAT gear to combat gear, but also can materialize guns. But this guy can't fucking change his shit from the seventies clothes. It doesn't I don't understand why this ghost is more powerful than the others. Doesn't make well, sense. Well, the early Ermy character is pretty much the same as the uh the subway ghost from from Ghost, who who not only can like fuck with people on the train, but also can move things, and that does make sense. He, okay, he has, to, he has to teach Patrick Swayze not only how to move like a can, but also how to dance. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't we say though, like? I see your point because you're obviously like you're right but wouldn't we say that as we get into the movie we see a character with a lot of power that is stronger than the other so yeah doesn't it I mean doesn't it seem obvious that there are different levels of power I guess I just I just like I feel like if he was a ghost from the 70s he would have figured out how to change his clothes by now like you don't just go up the first time you meet the Sarge you're just gonna go hey how did you change like your clothes like I feel like that's something I ask maybe the first week so also they, they, they cut out the musical section of the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze because they start up this musical thing where it's like well I at the time of my death and I'm gonna die again while I dance (laughs) it was really horrible to cut it out yes yes that is true uh uh, we get to meet Dr. Linsky who is uh oh wait 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 he also had to hold um Whoopi Goldberg over his head which never really worked out well true that true that uh, we uh, we get to meet uh, Dr. Linsky shortly after this, who's played by Trini Alvarado, uh, who I just think looks like uh, a- a low budget Andy McDowell. I don't like Andy McDowell from, <laughs> from Wish. Like they wanted her, but this is what they got. Uh, exact same hairstyle. Similar hairstyle. Just she's younger, but uh, I feel like they they live in the same place in my brain. Um, so. Uh, 
But uh, Dr. Linsky goes to go obviously visit Miss uh, Patricia, who was attacked by the entity last night. There's bruises all over. Her, but she says, you you can't take my daughter. You don't know the truth. And uh, we get the grisly truth about her background is that Patricia was released from a psych, psycho ward to live with her mom in that giant uh, house. Uh, and she's not allowed to leave because she went on a murder spree with a, uh, a serial killer uh, played by Jake Busey, who was killed in the electric chair for going on a killing spree of 11 back in the uh back in the day so um very fun scene now if the, during that flashback scene where they're showing um uh johnny bartlett gun down people and get arrested uh almost the entire cast and crew of the movie was in all of those b-shot scenes so like anybody who worked on the movie if you were a grip you were in the frighteners in uh, one of those scenes right there which is, uh, you know, I guess just a good use of the talent that you have around with you. So um, after that, he gets, uh, Johnny Bartlett goes, I got a score of 12, beat that. And that's when they fry him. Um, next thing you know, as they're talking about this, the Linsky's. It's definitely the uh, the uh, inspiration for um, Legolas killing um, uh, trolls in the movie uh, Lord of the Rings because he does his death count. Legolas, or you know, Legolas, Lego, Legolas. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. When he's fighting with the dwarf, Gimli, Gimli. Yeah. <laughs> um, so orcs as- very dangerous. You go first, Legolas. <laughs> Legolas. So as uh, as Linsky gets all this information and finds it out back at her home, um, her and her husband's house becomes uh, rife and ripe with a paranormal activity as things start moving around. Um, they are forced to call uh, the local Frank Bannister, who had run over uh, their fence earlier in the movie and left his card uh, conveniently. And- and destroyed his gnome. And destroyed his gnome. But, uh, yeah, he's able to uh, exercise the demons from their home for in exchange for just forgetting about that. And that's how we find out that he can talk to ghosts. And they were actually his friends. And they run this scam on people. And I think, hey, if you could talk to ghosts and do that, I think I would set up a similar scam. No? Hell yeah. I don't I don't know. that. I have a hard time... <clears throat> Excuse me. I have a hard time with these types of uh, plot lines because it's just so ridiculously exploitive. Like the idea that you could actually interact with like those that have already died. I don't know. I have a hard. I, I tolerate. <laughs> I guess is what I'm trying to say. I gotcha. So- who is who is the obnoxious uh, Australian guy who was doing the uh, the talk show kind of deal where he talk to the dead he looked like Lars Ulrich from uh, Metallica are you talking about uh, I don't think he was Australian but are you thinking about John Edwards maybe John yeah that's right John Edwards I'm thinking of and always the way he talked it's like he's always got this uh, uh, apologetic thing like yeah I'm scamming you right now but it's my job I'm doing this show to scam you he came to the theater when I worked for the Appel Center, and thank God I didn't have to work that show, but I just could not get over the stories of people being like, I've been waiting my whole life for him to tell me that my mother is standing there right with him and that she loves me. And I'm like, you didn't believe that your mom loved you the whole time she was alive? Just, yeah. uh, I want 
I just want one uh, episode like of John Edwards where just where he switches it up and it's it's that lady and he's like and your mom uh, she, she used to wear blue dresses blue dresses green dresses pink dresses she wore a pink dress <laughs> and then she goes yeah yeah and, and, and she gets him on the side or whatever he's like, he, he just guesses things until one hits and then uh, and then he goes he's like she wanted you to know uh, yeah you were a real fucking bitch and then <laughs> 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 just I would, this lady i don't you boys can tell me if i'm overstepping but i would love for you guys to go to one of his shows and it, he channels your dad mm-hmm. and he's like your oh, your dad says there's porn still still porn you never got Dude, you gotta you gotta dig up the stuff in the backyard that i saved for for rainy days <laughs> In the, in that the was my choicest porn. <laughs> yes. And then, and then right as he's done, he's like, I want you boys to both know you're still incredibly disappointing to me. And- <laughs> yes. Thank you, Dad. And I appreciate it's that. It's too idea. bad you never fully embraced my love of porn. Ah, remember me as I was. <laughs> I'm going back to the porn afterlife. <laughs> So uh, after uh, Frank clears the house of the evil spirits that he put in there, uh, he notices that on um, on Ray's forehead, there's a number 37 carved into it in bright, shining letters. He goes, that's weird. So uh, Frank then heads home, and we meet all his misfit ghosts. Uh, uh, we, we see the ghost dog, the cowboy, the judge. The judge's makeup is also really great. I love that his jaw is just like dislodged like this. He's like, yeah, I got a little bit of, got a little problem. And he d- somehow did a uh, one of the best Kanye West impressions I've ever seen. Uh, Sean Astin, even before, this was before Kanye West came out and it was still very strong, I felt. Uh, next, Ray ends up dead following and uh, is following Frank around the streets as they go to his own funeral. Um, he explains that he's earthbound for about a year until his pure spirit can enter the afterlife and uh, drives Ray to the funeral. That's where we meet good old uh, uh, Ermy. We meet uh, Lermy. Lear- I'm just going to call him Lermy. And then uh, Learmy. Learmy. Um... So uh, we By see the him way, one of one of two celebrities I've waited the longest for, Arlie Ermey at the uh, Baltimore Convention Center with the longest line, but he only charged ten dollars for a cool autograph. Well, that's good. That's good of him. He's a hardworking man. And I and I got the pose with me um, having strangle me. So. That is cool. Yeah, he, Jeremy does have a picture of him with uh, him getting strangled, looking just like Private Pile. Um, yeah. I, I tried to find something that looked like a, a marine uh, shirt. That was the best I could do. So uh, Ray falls into his own grave and is terrified and comes face to face with his own uh, thing. Uh, we also meet the sheriff. who's played by Troy Evans, uh, who is a, a great character actor and a bunch of, he always has like a bunch of small parts and things. Uh, I know he shows up in like, I think he's in like Forrest Gump and one other movies does he show up in Troy Evans here. Troy Evans. Oh, he's uh he's in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Ace Ventura, Jeremy, one of your favorite movies, Near Dark, and uh Under Siege. So Who? Uh Troy, uh the the guy who plays the uh the cop in this, the tubby cop. Troy Oh Evans. yeah, yeah. And of course the uh the cop with almost the same character in the stand. 
Correct, correct. Hey, you know, I, I was just watching The Stand this week. It's funny you brought that up. And you know who's in The Stand? You know who's in The Stand, uh, guys? Robert, Robert Patrick. No, 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 no. More important. The great Joe Bob Briggs is in The Stand. <laughs> oh. And his name is Joe Bob. <laughs> and his name is Officer Joe Bob in The Stand. Yes. He's Officer Joe Bob in the stand, which is very, so I thought it was very cool. I saw that and I thought about posting on the Joe Bob's Briggs thing, but my phone was across the room. I was like, eh, I'll just pop it in some other. Time. Hey, sure hey, hey Joe Bob, what brings you here? Ah, you know, I'm thinking about uh, spreading this virus. This is pretty much going to kill the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm Joe Bob Briggs. Huh. I didn't even realize. I'm kind of embarrassed. My favorite well, have thing. Have you seen Casino? I have seen Casino. He's great in Casino. Joe Bob playing, is playing a moron. <laughs> he is good. He is good in it. So uh, next, after the funeral's over, he goes on a date with Lucy so that Ray can speak to her. Um, and uh, he asks, uh, she asks him like what Ray did with the sixteen thousand dollars. He goes, ah, I blew it on a bad investment. And he's like, Don't tell her. I'll think of something. He's like, He blew it on a bad investment. Uh, this makes him very pissed off. And then he storms out of there. Um, but uh, she says it's very much like Ray, and uh, you know we didn't we had a rocky marriage, and he has to listen to all of it. He calls her a bitch, which is pretty funny. Uh, I did I did laugh at that. Um, then uh, he goes to go to the pisser. Uh, Frank heads to the pisser, and while he's in there, he gets to see some guy get murdered by the evil death creature as it grabs his heart, and then that guy ascends into heaven. And I like the the conduit to heaven, which is just a big blue tube that you can just go up into, I guess. Uh, he, he then asks... Um, he then tries to go and follow this thing with his ghost friends in the back of the car, but unfortunately his car gets, uh, his piece of shit car gets stuck on a hill as the thing is able to escape. Now, uh, can I, can I, can I say, um, you know, I don't know all the specifics and everything, but a stairway to heaven sounds really horrible. If you could have like a stair, an escalator to heaven or like a, a suck tube to heaven would be much better i'm riding a suck tube to heaven <laughs> it's I'm, just that i'm, I'm pretty much minutes. that's how jimmy page wanted to write it but it just didn't rhyme as well i mean i always hoped that like heaven would be nothing but rascal scooters yeah that's the, <laughs> that's the future that's the and future i'm riding have. a rascal scooter to heaven <laughs> Because there's holes in the floor of heaven, and you just see the people falling out. <laughs> like, no. And you get up, and you get up there. It's like the biggest uh, conglomeration of um, of slot machines you've ever seen. So many slot machines. Yeah, makes sense. Sorry, you mean slot and, machine? And every and everyone pays off. Oh, that's that is cool. But I feel like that would hyperinflate the money within heaven. I mean, this seems a little ridiculous. Anyway, so Lucy, uh, Lucy is then taking hey, the police. With, with socialism, everybody's a millionaire. There you go. All right, I like it. Um, next, Lucy is questioned at the police station, and uh, we enter Agent Milton Dammers, who's played by Jeffrey Combs, uh, who immediately throws up during questioning because if a woman just, he's such an incel, if a woman just raises his voice to her, I mean, he's like, like this, which is, I found to be very, very, I thought it was a good move on his part. Uh, and Pretty much happens with me and my wife. Every time. <laughs> I was going to say, it must be a Woodworth thing because, like, 
if I do that to Eric, he doesn't throw up, but he just starts vaping a lot harder. <laughs> that is true, and I feel attacked. Uh, <laughs> this is... Uh, so I'm trying to cue up this little bit of audio right here. I wanted to play a little bit of just Jeffrey Combs, uh, Combs' character, explaining the fraud that is uh, Frank. So here we go. So I got it queued up right. Contractor Jacob Platts would later confirm that Bannister had been consuming alcohol that morning. 12.23 p.m., Platts sees Bannister in a heated argument with his wife, Deborah. It appears that Bannister had promised Deborah a garden in the new home and then, without consulting her, proceeded to lay a four-inch thick concrete slab creating a basketball court for himself. 12.31 p.m., Platts watches the couple away. Bannister kept a toolbox in the back of his car, and in it was a utility knife with a retractable blade. Bannister purchased seven new blades that morning at Jessen's Hardware Store and Building Supply on the corner of 3rd and Garrett. Milton, you're, you're, you're mumbling. We can't understand a word you're saying. 12.33 p.m. And their 84 Volvo heads into the hills. It is the last time anyone will see the couple together. Now, by Bannister's own admission, the argument continues to rage, reaching a climactic point when Deborah demands that Bannister stop, pull over, let her out, and at that moment, probably 12.36, 12.37 p.m., the car leaves the road on a sharp curve. Presumably because Bannister was driving too fast. She was killed? The body was found some 15 yards from the car. Now, Bannister, he was picked up two hours later, wandering in the woods. He claimed to have no recollection of the events that occurred after the accident. But here's the odd thing, Mrs. Lipinski. His utility knife was missing. And to this day, it has not been found. But do you know what was really bizarre? Deborah's corpse had the number 13 carved into its forehead. Whoa! So, I like that scene. I think it's a, it's a good, uh, some good acting chops by the great Jeffrey Combs, who really added a, an intrigue and a level. Because I feel like without him in this movie, it doesn't make sense. I don't think you need, you didn't even need the sheriff. It could have just been him. I'd loved if he was the local police officer that's just that crazy, too. But, uh, great role <laughs> overall by him, and uh, a nice little example of it. Well, I, I agree that he is kind of essential again, because if he was not in this movie, my question would be, would it still try to be just as campy and serious, but fall much more flat? Or 
you know, I, I think you're right. I think he's essential to kind of keep the story on track. I do not know if it would have been even remotely successful as a film had he not been in it. Yeah. And uh, one of the great things, I guess, about Jeffrey Combs, just because I'm in the Combs, I'm in the Combs universe lately in my research, uh, is that he he always takes, he goes, he's like, it, whether it's a comedy or it's a serious film, I play it as serious as fucking cancer every time. And then if it's funny, then the funny will happen by me playing it seriously. Right. Right. Which I which I do love. So, um, Frank. Then so, well, last time I talked to Combs, uh, I, I mentioned um, what was it? The Pit and the Pendulum, which he he played like a little tiny bit part, but it was uh, it was another Stuart Gordon film. Fucking <laughs> Lance Hendrickson takes the the, the part of Torquemada really fucking seriously. The bad guy. And of course, it's a Stuart Gordon film. It's a tongue-in-cheek. You're not supposed to take a Stuart Gordon film. They're, they're like, you know, playing with fucking um, entrails and shit. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> he, he, Lance Hendrickson decides, I'm going to work in this old fucking castle that's probably made in like the 14th century, and I'm not going to wear shoes just to be like a real monk. So eventually, he's stepping on shit. He's like taking blood from his souls. He's like... Fuck it! I, I gotta wear shoes now. I'm like, yeah, you dumbass. <laughs> this, this is a story guard film. You, you have to be a real fucking monk. No, wear shoes, you dumbass. Or at least sandals. It just takes so. me takes me completely out of the character. You know, uh, if I wear if I wear shoes, I I don't think I can I can uh, act like a monk who has castrated himself. Uh, and it's <laughs> and it's the third film that that comes his work with Gordon, so he knows Gordon. But but Lance didn't have a didn't have a clue going into that movie. He's like, oh, this is a serious take on the pit and the pendulum. I'm like, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So no. Uh, meanwhile, while she's being questioned at the uh, for the murder of the guy at the police station, Frank rushes to the museum where you can see one of those little soul tubes sucking up somebody else to see where this thing is now killing somebody else. Uh, he's about to be murdered because uh, he's thre- basically Miss Reese, one of the, the head of the newspaper, thinks that she he is threatening her, but he's really just trying to save her life, and so he's held at gunpoint as this monster is about to come over and kill her, can, but luckily... Can, can I mention my favorite show from the 70s? Yes, that is very pertinent in the middle of what I was doing. Go for it. The Soul Tube! All right, The Soul Tube. All right, nice. <laughs> Jeremy, that's so stupid. God damn it. Oh, all right. So, um, just... It was a black show. It was. There was, I heard about, I've heard about these. They, they had a lot of soul on it. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh... Just in the nick of time, though, the judge comes in with guns ablazing, six shooters, and starts taking ectoplasm chunks out of the uh, this figure of death here. Uh, Frank knocks out the the reporter and then slings her over his shoulder and then gets them in the car as they go to flee. But what happens is he relives the exact same day uh, and has flashbacks of when he crashed his car at the exact same spot where his wife died, and the thing catches up to him and then murders her in front of his eyes. And even after she's murdered, she doesn't have the wherewithal to realize that it wasn't him that did it. She's still playing. He's like, how does it feel that you killed me, you dumb bitch? And then, <laughs> just like your wife. And then. <laughs> I had the same experience with the deer that I killed. <laughs> she was like, you could have killed yourself, but you killed me. I had six children. I was like, bitch, what were you doing in the middle of the highway? She's like looking for some strange. I'm like, all right, well, so was I. <laughs> 
admit you were still wrong in carving that number in the deer's forehead, though. <laughs> I was doing it in the ass, but it felt wrong, so I started doing the forehead. I always do. Every time I find a dead carcass, I always just carve, carve one of those S stussies into them, because it's just it's fun to do, you know? So That's what you do to Nazis. Yeah, there you go, buddy. So, uh... Frank turns himself into the police station and uh, says, you don't know anything about me. And now he's the prime suspect in all of the murders. And uh, Frank Milton gets to question him and then uh, pulls open that he has a lead vest on that protects him from uh, paranormal activity because that's what lead does, I guess. Uh, so the, the thing can't grab his heart, I guess. Um, either way. Uh, as the movie progresses, she, uh, Lucy realizes that the thing is probably going to go after Patricia next, since it clearly has a link to the old murders and rushes to Patricia's house. And, uh, we quickly find out that, uh, Patricia is actually just batshit crazy as uh, Bartlett is, and that Bartlett actually is indeed the monster underneath the hood and uh, is fascinating, uh, our sweet Patricia. So they are a team of murderers now that uh, first they end up murdering her mother in a bloody pool of her own fucking juices and then comes after Patricia uh comes after Lucy with the knife next um and Patricia also finds uh the box cutter that was missing from Frank's car that we heard about earlier from Mr. Jeffrey Combs as with the missing murder weapon that was carved used to carve the head up of his uh of his wife so the numbers all make sense it's because uh Mr. Bartlett is still trying to rack up his numbers over the years one after I another I also do it with the men that I sleep with. I'm like, I gotta get those numbers high. I gotta get those <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. It was cool for this guy who was 69, though, but, you know, and the guy who was 420. I'm no way, like, um, a slut shamer because, you know, that's wrong, but I think there's only a problem when you have like one of those like ticket takers that they have at, at the supermarket. For, oh, like, okay. For yeah. Sex. For sex. Yeah. When I, whenever I open my legs, it just shoots out a ticket and I'm like, you need to get somebody else. <laughs> back of the line, pal. Hey, there's a line back here. Okay. <laughs> I always, I, we got, I got the new like music video channel. So whenever a Madonna uh, song comes in, I always say to my wife, yeah, she dedicated this to her first basketball team she had sex with. So, <laughs> I don't care about 69, only like 29 cuz I fuck people with scoliosis. <laughs> so, after that, Lucy goes to visit Frank in jail. Uh, but the, uh, the Reaper comes to attack her. And I, I think it's very funny that they just let her into the jail cell. Like, sure, Lucy, just go talk to this suspected murderer in the, in the room by yourself right there. It's not a, no big deal. Not a problem at all. And, uh, of course the monster comes, uh, but luckily, uh, his ghost friends come and help him out trying to subdue the, uh, ghastly figure as he drives to the graveyard, uh, luring him in so that, uh, the Sarge can have a go at him. And you think the Sarge, with all of his machine guns, this will be an effective tool. No, not at all. Uh, he uh, just gets immediately chopped in half. Um, 
they uh, they decide to freeze uh, uh, Michael J. Fox's character since he's pretty much eviscerated all the rest of the ghosts now. And the only way that Michael J. Fox can help is if he indeed becomes a ghost as well. So the idea is to freeze him so he can become a ghost and then he can do ghostly stuff. Uh, at one part he does... So- so he's in a, in a in a freezer and he's like shaking a lot. <laughs> a little bit. He looked like he was shivering. Do you think? How do you think he found the inspiration to do that? Um, <laughs> I don't. I was young working on the Frighteners and I was shaking and all of a sudden I realized that Parkinson's. Yes. Yes. So. Uh, so. Uh, he uh, uh, he he's able to pick up the machine guns for that uh, uh, the the Sarge drops and then finally gets that he reveals uh, blows the basically that thing completely away dual wield, wielding like fifty cows in his hands uh, and then uh, talks to like the one little piece of slop that's left that is uh, Jake Busey's face he's like oh I gotta get that number it should be held by an American uh, and that person that he's talking to is that Russian is uh, none other than Andre Chikatilo uh, who is actually I believe Ukrainian and uh, one of the worst serial killers of all time uh, also portrayed in a movie played by Ben Kingsley called Citizen X which is a uh, a decent telling of the movie <laughs> and the story of Andre Chikatilo uh, minus uh, all of the horrible kid torture and murder. Uh, <laughs> it was also also played by uh, Malcolm McDowell and uh, the guy who was the old man with the RV in uh, Walking Dead. Yes, correct. That is correct. Ashley, you were saying? No, I was just... I my Too late now. Mine was stupid. I was just saying, what? Kid murder is my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> so um next we see that uh patricia is still out to kill lucy kills her mom she goes completely uh off the wall and is just openly trying to murder them uh they're able to trap bartlett in an urn uh somehow uh so now he's in an urn uh michael j fax is back into his body he's been revived because he can only be out for like 15 20 minutes they end up finding a a, a chapel eventually but not before running into uh milton who uh ends up hitting uh uh uh, michael j fox's character and then crashing him through about eight floors to the to the basement uh which was i thought very comical and uh not knowing how a michael j he doesn't seem like a guy that can go fall through eight stories and then just be oh let me dust this off uh no he looks like he's made of glass and like paper mache yes (laughs) yes so uh uh asshole (laughs) yeah he refers to himself he's like i might be an asshole but i'm an asshole with an uzi and then tries to go and (laughs) shoot him just such a funny Uh, line (laughs) but as he's shooting uh patricia comes and stabs him in the back uh killing killing the great milton and uh bringing his character to an end or is it his end we'll see soon enough uh frank uh we get to the very end of here and uh lucy 
They're able to, um, uh, Frank leaves his body once again uh, and then starts dragging Lucy's soul out and then taking it up to heaven with him. And then, of course, uh, Bartlett's character follows and then follows him up to the vortex. Um, and then as they're all getting sucked up, the gates of hell then close in on them too, which is, I think, the coolest of the CGI effects that are in here is the view of like the living <laughs> tunnel of hell that just starts going into their body like and drags them down very cool depiction of that um then when they're up in like heaven he gets to see his ghost friends one last time he's like it's beautiful up here man i'm not you know i'm really calm i'm not you know the world down there is really shaky and i don't know if i want to go back and they're like nope you have to go do spin city and they send him back down to earth and uh (laughs) we get to see the very end of the movie here where uh, Lucy is happy that Frank is back. They're in love. Everything is uh, working out. We also notice that the cop uh, who was played by Troy earlier in the movie, uh, Troy Evans. Troy, Mc- Troy McClure. Troy Evans. In the back of his cruiser seat, you could see Milton is in the back seat and he's still, now he's haunting him and still on the yeah. loose, uh, which is fun, <laughs> which is good. It's Listen, they set up a sequel to the world where he is could be the bad guy still as a ghost which i kind of like yeah. uh they set up a sequel that nobody asked for nobody <laughs> asked for and uh probably won't happen this far down into the uh into the lexicon of movies and things that are happening but uh and we also do learn that lucy can now also see ghosts because she says you know near-death experiences guess what now we got two people with ghost friends so you know what would have been really awkward is if she says that and then he's like wait do we both see that baby and she's like Ooh. and that brings us to an end of the uh of the frighteners and the worst cover version of don't fear the reaper i've ever heard which is this i don't i don't know who sings this but it's at the this is not a good this is not better than the boc thing And now, the Spin Doctors! <laughs> I don't know who sings this really bad version of the song. Sure but I sure it's Nirvana. I think it might be, I'm going to take a guess of a 90s band. I think it's Dishwalla, okay? That's my guess, okay? Mm. Uh, don't... Second guess would be the Smithereens. Reaper. Uh, the Frighteners. I eat sinners. Oh. Uh, all the times I come and hunt and fear the reaper. Dun, 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 dun. Hold on. I found out That's the band. I'm trying to think. So, uh, this it is, I, we were both wrong. It, this is by a cover by the Mutton Birds. The Mutton Ooh. Birds. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so, That's a big yeah. band. I'm a big Mutton Birds fan. Let's see what their mut. Let's see another Mutton Birds hit. I'm gonna check, pick the first one on YouTube. This is from uh, Mutton Birds. It's called Nature. I'm just curious to see if they maybe they got better. Oh, I don't know. Let's see. Let's just get a little taste. Waiting for a 
girl this like is, you. I am the mutton. All right. Hey, this is the Mutton Birds number one video. Okay. Without looking, guess how many views this has? The Mutton Birds. A thousand. I was going to say a thousand. 1100. 1100. Oh, we were close. Wow, we were off. The, <laughs> so, congrats to the Mutton Birds uh, uh, icons of the. Um, Never. So that's that's cool. Uh. You, know, you know the thing about alternative rock is like it almost rocks, but it isn't. It's alternative rock. I really want you guys to watch this video, Mutton Birds Nature. I mean, it's like, uh, I mean, it's like, it's from 1992, and it is like, it's a very like no this will sell like if we do all these things this will you gotta i don't know how to explain it except it looks like they just like we kind of want to look like lenny kravitz but we also want to sound fucking horrible uh this is it's it's really fun to watch so check out shout out to the mutton birds uh nature um ashley i think we've gotten your uh, opinion on the movie but what are your final thoughts on the frighteners um, you know what? It's a fun, it's a fun thing to throw on if you've never seen it before. I definitely recommend that it's a watch. Overall, out of like a score of ten, I'll I'll give it a six. Solid six out of Ashley. Jeremy, your movie, The Frighteners, defend it. Uh, I think it's it's the best sequel to uh, Back to the Future Three. I agree with that. I agree. I agree with you there. Yeah, funny that you. We, I know we mentioned because this is a Robert Zemeckis film, and obviously he produced um, the the great uh, Back to the Future series. Uh, one of the things that Michael J. Fox did in this movie that I forgot to mention is that he messed up a bunch of his lines because he referred to John Astin's character, who's Judge, and called him Doc. Because he was just, he would just call him Doc like he was Doc Emmett Brown from, uh, oh, wow. <laughs> from uh, uh, Back to the Future. So <laughs> he's like, what are you talking about, Doc? I mean, God damn it, Judge, fuck, fuck. And then he would say the, he said the N-word a bunch. I Those are like in the deleted <laughs> scenes that he's super racist, Michael and J. And then Fox. he just started shaking like a leaf. And then he's like, I, it's, I'm sorry, I have Tourette's. He's like, you have Parkinson's. That's not how, he's, I got <laughs> I got Parkinson's. It makes me say and then, racial and then- Next role was a wacky inflatable tube man. <laughs> so uh, I I always use that excuse that I have Tourette's when I use the N word at McGoobies. I knew so. it, Jeremy. I um I personally love I like the Frighteners. It it holds a special place in my heart because I saw it I think when it first came out and I, I just remember I was like man this is a pretty good movie. I don't think I, I think there are some elements that really hold up to it and some really great performances. I think Michael G. Fox does a great job in this and the cast and crew do. I kind of don't like like I mentioned before some of the really bad CGI effects really take me out of it. Um, like just almost anything with the Grim Reaper part outside of like the car chase scene just looks really mm-hmm. bad and takes me out of it and some of these weird body effects that they do where the ghost like loses its face and i'm like oh, okay all right relax the, this this isn't <laughs> this isn't necessary what was it it reminded me of like uh what was the movie we reviewed where uh was it the stuff i think it is the stuff where the cat gets sucked in the wall and it makes actually handprints in the drywall from no the uh eight-legged freaks eight-legged freak yes okay eight-legged freaks the same cgi bad thing or like this is it's when people just realize that like we we saw jurassic park and jurassic park 
is great. It precedes all these movies and the special effects are even the ones where it's CGI. You kind of look at it like, wow, this is pretty cool because they also used a ton of puppets that were real and like worked with the movie, <laughs> right? That were cool. And this just, it lacked that element and, uh, and it shows. So everything uh, else, everything else in eight legged freaks was believable except for the cat print in the yeah. wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But overall, a fun movie. I enjoy it. I, you know, I give it a solid. I'll give it a seven point five. We haven't even rated movies before on this, but I give it a, a solid C plus, and definitely worth a single watch, especially if you're a child of the '90s and you just love cinema in general. I, Check it. The I fuck give it. Out. I give it an eight just for cinematography alone. But the only thing that could have made the movie better was all the driving scenes with Michael J. Fox. They could have just used the same Back to the Future music. Oh, I would have honestly, I would have suggested for music they would have just used Huey Lewis in the news. Yeah, back in time. He's like, don't need money. Don't need fame. Don't need a wife that is alive and gives you brain. And all's in a bedroom around at night. And you might just use a box cut to take her life that's the power of love anybody seen Huey Lewis lately no 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 man the way he uses that walker on stage is amazing <laughs> just goes back and forth and man it's awesome oh hey last thing and then we didn't really talk about it with this movie but I guess it is worth mentioning the score and I didn't pull up a ton of it except at the very beginning but it is scored by the great Danny Elfman who uh you know oh. oingo boingo shout outs uh, oh, yeah. so, back to school baby good stuff overall high budgeted movie uh I did enjoy it guys uh Ashley where can people find you at <laughs> Uh, you can always find me on social media at Ashley Pontius Laughs, and you can catch me in D.C. on July 22nd. Great. Yeah, check her out. Uh, you can catch all things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com. Eric with a K, comedy with a C. Uh, we're going to be at the Mahoning Drive-In in about two weeks. Uh, I'm excited about it. Me, Jeremy, Ashley, come up and say hi to us. You can grab yourself a, a free koozie, a live, laugh, love koozie that is highly illegal and that I can't sell on our own Teespring account. So come out and get it for free on the 16th if you see us up there. Anyway, Jeremy, take us out of here, brother. Bastards! If only you had worn a, a bulletproof vest, you would have been dead, Doc! <laughs> I know Jeremy just told you that Carrie Yules was the first one that didn't take a picture with Jeremy. I, I will, if you can guess, and I'll try to narrow it down because it's not a well-known actor. I doubt you would know their no. name even. But another actor, uh, I'll give you a hint. I'll even give you the the series of movies he's from. He's from the Night of the Living Dead series of movies directed by George Romero. So it is George Romero film about zombies what actor and you don't have to know his name you could just say it was the character or whoever did not okay. get a picture with jeremy because he was like oh no, no 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 i can't i can't do that it made him delete his photos oh shit um, got a picture with me uh, asking me to get his picture taken with him and then later deleted it well i hate i feel like this would have come up before so i'm probably obviously wrong i assume because you had nothing but good things to say i assume it's not joe palazzo or whatever his name is oh joe palazzo no it's not joe palazzo not joe palazzo 
It is. Is he in like all? I assume he's not in all of the movies because there's no recurring characters necessarily. Correct. No, he's Alien One. All right, I'll even narrow it down. Although Palazzo was in two of the films. That's he right. Was, he was in Dawn of the Dead, and he's also in um, uh, uh, Day of the Dead, of course. But shit. Um, oh. The the actor that refused to do it was the uh, was the talking zombie from Land of the Dead, the the black talking zombie who's the leader of them. He was just like, no, that could be bad for my career. I can't. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people have had that internal debate. Um. <laughs> but I understand. What is it like? No, 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 no. This is a p. I play. I play a monster. I can't get a picture with this clown impersonator. A PR on a serial I can't do this, which I found oh to be very I'm so funny. Sorry, Jeremy. Oh. Jeremy, I would get a picture with you. We need. You know a the day, the the day that I fuck up and really, really kill some people really bad. Oh, the, the amount Christ. of pictures I've had with celebrities is going to be just like off the hook. Yeah, for your true crime her. thing, that'd be good. Hey, yeah. Uh, what he loved getting pictures with celebrities. Look at all these celebrities he's got a picture with. Bill Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love people like who will theorize. Who are like, do you think they never knew anything about the murder? He was a powerful right. man with lots of friends <laughs> like this, and they make you out to be like the Jeffrey Epstein, but of of murder. Now, uh, oh, 